All right. Let's get into 2 Peter. 2 Peter, we'll read the passage again. On Sunday evenings, we take this time in our life group to break down the morning message and gives you an opportunity to ask some questions, share some comments, some feedback. And I've just been amazed in the, I don't know, a couple years or a year or two that we've been doing it this format. I've been amazed at the discussions that have happened. And sometimes we go a direction that I had no idea we're going to go. Uh, but good directions, I trust. Uh, so don't be bashful. If you do have a question or a comment, I would just ask, use your street preaching voice, okay? Anybody ever gone street preaching? Anybody? Okay, yeah. Uh, the, the, the first time I went was with Pastor Gilmore, and I was so afraid of my own voice. I was ashamed of my voice. And uh, one of the guys pointed me to Isaiah, what is it, 64 maybe, um, cry loud like a trumpet and show my people their sin. And, and I thought, okay, I'm a trumpet player. I know how to play the trumpet. I got I to gotta get the voice out there. And the uh, first time I ever preached was with, was with Pastor Gilmore after the Twin Towers came down. We gra- he, he stayed up all night and he printed, he, he wrote and then printed a gospel tract, had it rush order delivered the same week. And we all got on a bus and went to Chicago and we preached on the steps of some big building and had all kinds of people gather around and listen to us. And that's when I learned to lift up my voice like a trumpet. So pretend you're street preaching, or oh, maybe not quite. Uh, but just if you have a question, if you have a comment, you have a thought, don't be ashamed. Get it out there, all right? Keep the comments brief if you would. Uh, say everything you need to say, but try to keep them brief so we can stay on track and get as many in. At the beginning, when we first started this, I was just trying to get somebody to say anything, you know? And now I'm like, wow, you guys are ready. You got, this is good. So got to get everybody in, and that'll be good. All right. So let's go to Second Peter chapter 1. Look at the, the verse there again. Uh, verse 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Who remembers what that word negligent refers to? The idea of that. I don't want to be careless. There we go. Let's not be careless to think that everybody's just going to know what they're supposed to know and that you don't need a reminder. All right. Uh, I'm not going to be negligent. Uh, to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and be established in the present truth. And again, this morning I made the point that it is the people that know the truth and are established in the truth that need the reminders. Uh, We need to hear it again. And sometimes we get so focused on the lost and we get so focused on new people, which we need to be focused there, that we take each other for granted, and then we have casualties. At this point, I need to pause and clarify something from this morning. Someone asked me what I meant uh, by um, the story I gave of uh, the man led uh, an individual to the Lord and then fell away. I didn't mean he fell away from the faith and, and, and fell away from belief in God. I meant he fell away from church attendance. He fell out of, of fellowship with the believers and just kind of fell into uh, some discouragement. Uh, so I, I wanted to clarify that and thank you for bringing that up because I do want to be clear on, on that point. 
Uh, but yes, people who have been established in the faith and uh, uh, have been taught, quote-unquote, these things uh, need to be put in remembrance because we can still fall away from those things and fall out of fellowship with the Lord. We go on, Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. We need to be stirred up like uh, a fire is rekindled. Uh, we need that uh, fresh fuel uh, because and a fresh wind of the Spirit. Uh, otherwise, we do tend to burn to embers and then the glow finally goes and it happens slowly and subtly and you don't even realize the fire is out. How many of you have been at a campfire, you're talking, have one of those great campfire talks and you realize, wait, the fire's out. Well, it doesn't happen with a big fireworks, you know, it just kind of dwindles until it's gone. Got to feed that fire. And so he, he recognized that with Christians. I need to stir you up and put you in remem remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. God had showed him that he was not going to be around that long, and so he had a sense of urgency. And it would be a good thing if we, too, had the same sense of urgency. And sometimes God does things in our lives that bring our life into perspective. You ever had that happen? A lot of times it's with health. A lot of times it's with health. Or sometimes it is with uh, the health or death of a loved one. Um, boy, when my cousin Sam got ALS, is that, yeah, that's Lou Gehrig's, right? ALS. When I got that phone call that my cousin Sam had ALS, it just blew me over. He is only two years younger than me. You know, that's not supposed to happen. And then watching that whole thing play out and how rapidly it went for him. And within, I want to say, from the, time, from the time he was diagnosed to the time he went home to be with the Lord, I think it was only about three years at the most, maybe two years, something like that. And uh, you, we watched his whole journey, and he had a, a GoFundMe and a Facebook page with his whole journey, and his wife was so faithful to, up, to update that every day. But these kinds of things remind us, this tabernacle uh, you know, that I am in, Praise God for it, but don't get too comfy. <laughs> uh, we're built for something far more eternal. And, and yet, if we can be convinced of that, so many of us, I, I don't think we are convinced of it. But if we can be convinced of it, as Peter was, it helps to give us some urgency to uh, what God's called us to do. So he said, as God has showed me, as the Lord Jesus has showed me, I need to put off this tabernacle soon Verse 15, Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. And so what was his goal? His goal was to do such a thorough job that after his decease, that work would be continuing in them. They would be convinced. It would be put in them very deep and they would uh, be able to encourage one another and give each other the remembrance that they needed. Praise God for Peter doing what God had called him to do. 
And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. And that is what Peter did until God took him home. All right, I've got a few questions that I've got in front of me that we can go through. Uh, but, as I always say, if you have questions, I want to give priority to that first. Or if you have comments, uh, we made the application kind of twofold this morning. We applied this just in general as, as it is in the passage, being put in remembrance concerning uh, the, the truths of the Christian life that we need to hold uh, very dear and keep very present, not just somewhere in the recesses of our memory. But then I also applied it to, we, in this month, we need to be put in remembrance about uh, missions, the opportunity, the responsibility, the need, and so forth. So anyway, any of those things we can talk about. Anyone have a comment or a question to get us started? And if not, I'll just dive in. Yes, sir. Listen to that voice, by the way. Brother Steve is like three octaves lower today. I love it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he finally grew up. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Surely they don't have problems, you know. Yeah. And I was had the good fortune to be raised by my parents were well balanced people. My dad taught me how to be a lay person. Amen. And yep. Probably never think to take action to see if we have the opportunity to be close enough to know what they're going through to offer something. One thing that happened to me that was just a breath of fresh air in the height of certain war, working in the bus ministry, children's church, and all of our kids were. Mm. You need to ask someone. On this day, if it's good with you, we're going to come home and we'll watch your kids from 3 p.m. until you decide to come back to Amazing. Yeah. You make a great point. The, the, the main point there that he's making is oftentimes we do take for granted, overlook, whatever you want to say, some of the, the faithful workers, the, the ones who, as Peter said, are, are convinced of these things and established in the truth and so forth. And 
They're the ones teaching the truth and helping pass on the truth. And if we're not careful, we can take for granted they have real needs. And in fact, uh, they have a lot of needs because they're serving. And if you're serving, you're spending. And if you're spending, then you're draining. You, you, you need to be replenished yourself. And not to mention, if you're serving, you have a target on your back from the devil because the devil would like to take out that Sunday school teacher and take out that deacon, uh, take out that preacher. Uh, so absolutely, uh, we, we need to minister to one another and put each other in remembrance of these truths, the Word of God, or, or the specific word that the individual is doubting at that moment or needing to, to have revitalized. Thanks for mentioning that. Amen. May God help us to do that. Someone else, a thought or comment or question? Yes, Janice. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Yeah, we can get so busy. It's the, it's the Mary versus Martha situation. You know, Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha was cumbered about serving. But even more than that, she was cumbered about serving, and she was critical of Mary for sitting at Jesus' feet. It was really uh, twofold, her, her, her issue. Uh, and I think many of us, and just knowing you folks, many of you folks, you love to serve the Lord. It's fun to serve the Lord, and it's good, and we need to serve the Lord, but we have to sit at Jesus' feet as well. Absolutely, and so we need to be reminded of what God's Word says to our situation. We need to be reminded of key truths that we're teaching others. I'll tell you this right now. I preach the Word week in and week out, I guess except for Missions Month, right? Um, I, I, I'm just like my second time preaching this month. Uh, but I preach and preach and preach, and you would think that if you're preaching all the time, that, of course, all these things are, are lining up in your life. Oftentimes, preachers, I've talked to a lot of preachers about this, if you're not careful, every time you come to the Word of God, you're making a sermon for somebody. Oh, this will be great for junior church. Oh, this will be great for the nursing home. Oh, this will be great for my class. This will be great for Sunday. Oh, I could do a Wednesday night series out of this. And it's all tailored to, oh yeah, my people need this. Our, our families are going through this. And it's all going out, all going out, all going out. I have to be intentional about letting the Lord feed me. You might think it just happened. It doesn't just happen even if you're in the Word preaching the Word. Uh, you have to make sure that you first work through the material and, and own it. Let God preach it to you and then uh, pass it on to someone else. Uh, yeah, we don't want to overlook the ones who, as Peter said, are established. Uh, what was the exact wording there? Um, 
Yeah, the, the, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Those who are faithful, established in the present truth, they need, uh, they need that consideration. Absolutely good. Any other thoughts or questions, comments? Well, let's, let me give you this one while you're thinking, and if you have anything else that comes to mind, go for it. Uh, why do we need, uh, this is already basically talked about, but why do we need to be put in, re in remembrance as those who already know these things and are already established in them? You guys basically already got to that question uh, before I mentioned it. It is what we've been saying. You and I who know these things and are established in them are going to be the target of the devil. And uh, we are going to be oftentimes tired, drained, exhausted. I'm reminded of the verse, um, I'm forgetting the reference right now, uh, but though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Uh, without that inward renewal, we do just begin to fall apart. We begin to wear out and wind down. Um, Pastor Van Gelderen used to always say, and I've said it here many times from the pulpit here, uh, you cannot burn out what is renewed day by day. And I've, uh, I've been convicted and challenged by that so many times. Uh, you know, the priests in the temple uh, and the Levites, they had various jobs. The Levites had to top off the oil in the lamps every day. The lamp's not going to go out as long as you keep that replenished. But if someone forgets to replenish the oil, eventually one day it's going to be over. And you and I need daily fresh oil. Uh, there was a conference I heard. I, saw, I got a flyer in the, in the mail called the Fresh Oil Conference. Why, why that name? Well, because they were, the goal of that conference was to replenish the believers and remind the believers of the truth that they needed. Any thoughts on that you want to add as to why we who already know these things and already established in them still need to be put in remembrance? Any other thoughts we haven't covered there? Yes, sir. Oh, there you go. It'll come to you, brother. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's, it's, there's things that we have in our mind that we all have somewhere, but we need it to be brought forward. I am a sticky note guy. Uh, John Burt's a sticky note guy. I, uh, I, know, I don't know what you guys do, but sometimes I will have to put a sticky note somewhere to jog that memory. It's in there somewhere but I've got to have a present reminder. And as it, as it pertains to um, the Word of God, our faith, we need to be proactive. And as I put this morning, it takes intentional work or intentional effort to be daily put in remembrance. If you have a besetting sin, well, you need to be put in remembrance concerning that besetting sin. And you need to put things visibly in your path. And maybe you know that there's a certain time of day and a certain place, a certain situation that provokes a certain temptation. And so you're going to get, you're going to get ahead of it. You already have everything in your head and your heart that you probably need. So why doesn't it work? 
because in the moment, we just don't think of what we need to think of. And so you've got to take some, some, some time to be uh, intentional about making a provision for victory as opposed to a provision for the flesh to f- fulfill it in the lust thereof. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's why everybody needs to have a prayer journal written down. If for no other reason, well, for one, it helps you remember what to pray for because we forget to pray for Larry or, or whatever. Um, but if, if, if not for that reason, to remind ourselves of what God has done. Sometimes we say, God never answers my prayers. Hang on. <laughs> Pull out your prayer journal and let's see if that's true. Uh, and, and yet you're right, reminding yourself of what God has done in prayer then gives encouragement toward future prayer victories. Other thoughts? Yes, Valerie. Mm. Yes. 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 Right. Yeah, that's good. You're right. We're we're not stagnant. We're things are, are are static. You know, things are changing, and you may have learned a certain thing and how it applies to this situation, but now we've got to apply it to a new situation, and so keeping that fresh. Very good. Amen. Well, let's go to the next one here. What considerations accelerate our tendency to forget? I think that we're forgetful by nature. I think it's our default setting. Stuff just kind of filters out of the brain. But I think there's things that accelerate that tendency. What are some things that you can think of? I've got a few that I've written down. Uh, What are some things, some considerations? uh, What considerations accelerate our tendency to forget? Yes. Sure. So if you are just stewing on bitterness, you're thinking about how you were hurt, how you were wronged, how this isn't fair, this isn't just, this isn't right. You're not being reminded of God's mercy, God's grace, the ability to heal, and those sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir? Busyness and and pressures of life. Just be so busy on this that whatever else that you were burdened about and excited about yesterday is just gone. For sure. Rashawn? Yeah, an independent spirit, self-reliance. I've got, it, I've got it under control. I don't need to remember. Or, I'll, oh, I'm sure I'll remember or whatever. Yeah, you, you're just going to be more, it's going to lead toward pride. And, and that's going to tend toward forgetfulness, certainly. 
I had distractions, which kind of goes along with busyness or even bitterness, but just distractions. When you are distracted about everything else in the world and remembering those things and thinking about those things, your brain can only handle so much. And we have more information coming into our brains than I think any other culture has ever had to deal with. Uh, I, I don't know how much our brains can handle before, like, they crack or whatever. <laughs> we had a brain doctor back there. So maybe, I don't know if anybody knows, but we, we, we put so much info in our brains. And life used to be a whole lot simpler. The world could be at war in the Middle East, but if you live on your farm in Kentucky, you may not even know about it. And, uh, or you read about it in the, in the paper three months later, right? Um, when it finally gets to you. Uh, there's good and bad to all of that. But for many of us, if we're not careful, just the constant deluge of information and distraction crowds out what, oh, it crowds out meditation. It crowds out uh, just the, the be still and know that I am the Lord. Um, we have a hard time sitting still. We get fidgety and it's hard to just focus on what God has given us and maybe a truth that we're trying to learn, a truth we're trying to apply. Distraction and focus are at war. And Satan uses those distractions to hinder our focus. When you're not focused, you don't remember. That's how it is in school. We'll ask our kids, how could you get this grade on this quiz? You know, didn't you study? I saw you study. You studied. And you find out, oh, but they weren't focused. <laughs> There's other things going on. And so therefore, it doesn't work. Uh, so distraction certainly is a problem. Uh, I will also say <clears throat> um, desensitization will accelerate our tendency to forget. Just getting used to things that we shouldn't be used to. Could be sin or it could just be situations, or just could be the world where uh, we lose that uh, horror about evil, we lose the hunger for, for, for seeking uh, truth and what is right. We're just kind of desensitized, we're just kind of numb. Numb to the world, and we just forget what God has called us to do and, and the, the, the truth that pertains to that moment. Some other things I think cause us to forget, a discouragement. Someone else, I'll get right to you. Discouragement, um, when I am discouraged and I don't go to the Lord with it, it can feel like God's forgotten me. I've been abandoned. He doesn't even know where I'm at. And so I'm on my own. And as soon as you're on your own, whatever was, in, was supposed to be in your head is gone. These things I think accelerate our tendency to forget. Someone else have their hand up? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, apathy. It kind of goes right along with that. Yeah, absolutely. Getting apathetic, and it ties into the, just the busyness. Maybe we just distract ourselves with other busyness and off we go. So, tying into this, how on a practical level can we keep ourselves in remembrance of that which is critical to the Christian life? How can we avoid 
this tendency to, to forget on a practical level, what can you do to keep yourself in remembrance of that which is critical in the Christian life? Could be some of those virtues that we preached about. Could be a variety of things. What are some practical things? Could be helpful. Yes, sir. Taking time to meditate in his law, doth he meditate day and night, evening and at morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud. Uh, Daniel lived in a wicked society. He was a man without a country. It was complete, completely heathen. He should have been swallowed up. In fact, many of us in our way of thinking would never have given a Daniel a chance today. You know, we would say, uh, you know, the way we look at things is you have to cut everything off, cut everything off. Everything has to be secure. Everything's every, batting down the hatches because if you don't, you can't win. Well, not for Daniel. I'm not saying don't secure things and don't be careful and don't be vigilant. But Daniel didn't have the ability to control his surroundings like we do. You know, we can keep things out of our homes if we want to, by and large. We can filter the internet. We can uh, put parental controls on the cable or whatever we do. Um, for him, he couldn't really control his surroundings at all, but he could control his heart and his, 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 his um, intentional uh, effort to seek the Lord. And he almost lost his life over it. He was so regular and so consistent with his seeking God and his prayer time that that was how his enemies eventually tried to take his life. Isn't that something? If someone's trying to kill you, they're like, well, how can we, how can we kill this guy? Well, what does he do? What's his patterns? Well, if you're going to kill him, the only thing he does consistently is he prays here and here and here. <laughs> you have to take him out uh, during that time, right? Uh, meditation is something that will keep us focused and keep us in, remem in remembrance. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Use your as many senses as you can. Yeah. Yeah, if you're musical, put it to song. If you're artsy, you know, or, or you know, I, 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 um, I've started using this thing for my sermon prep, and I'll show you. You won't be able to see this very well, but I, I made a sheet with the scriptures in this column and then just blanks in this column. And then I just color things and draw lines and make notes and I just scribble the thing to death. And every, all my thoughts go all over this thing. And then they eventually get more and more shape and then they eventually get into my computer and then they eventually get to this. Uh, but it's fun to just work with the scripture. Like it's clay, you know, just, keep, just get into it and it really works through your head and heart, yes. 
poetry to me, but to music. I mean, yeah. That, that is, and really, it's amazing how many of his, his songs, they start out as like, wow, he's, <laughs> he's not necessarily a good place at the yeah. beginning, but it's reflecting and it's honest with where he's at, but then at the end, you see him coming to a place of, you know, victory. Mm. His, many of his songs are like that. So it's, it's just right there, music. Amen. Yes. And so if you're, if you're not musical, well, play some good music, you know. There are times where I have been very discouraged so much that you can, like, feel the discouragement. Like, it becomes physical. It settles in your stomach. And I have listened to some music, some hymn or something, that took it right out, just... I'm, I'm thinking, wow, I mean, yeah, it worked for Saul, King Saul, and it's working for me today so long, so much later. It's a way to, on a practical level, keep yourself in remembrance. Um, there's some songs about heaven that are just so encouraging when this world seems totally blown to bits. Well, hey, praise God for heaven, you know, and uh, songs about revival. There's still hope for this world, Right. But we can we can take some things on a practical level. What else? Yes. Oh, but I think that the, it's the question here of what else is Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, they were they 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 found each other. Ah. Same heart. That's good. I like that. That can't be overstated. So the question was, how on a practical level can you keep yourself in remembrance of that which is critical to the Christian life? We've talked about music. We've talked about some various things. But find some other people who have the same heart. Get together. Pray together. It may just be two or three, but that's what God said. All you need is two or three. I'm there in the midst. Boy, uh, iron sharpens iron. Friends encourage friends and help remind each other. I used to tell my team when I had an evangelistic team, I would tell them in training week, I would say, the devil's going to fight us hard on this tour, and he usually comes at us one at a time. I mean, that was a pattern. My eight years in evangelism, that was a pattern. He would come at one person. And so we would actually just, we had a prayer meeting every morning, and uh, sometimes we would just call it out. Hey, folks, I think this week's so-and-so's week. We need to pray for him. It's my week. (laughs) The devil's all over me, you know, and we would pray. Uh, But, you know, you're not alone. We're we're, we're helping him to remember. You need to remember this and this and this. Here's some verses. Uh, Let's let's continue to walk together in this, bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. It's good. How on a practical level, any other things? Can you keep yourself in remembrance? Yes, sir. I was hoping somebody would say it. Thank you for bringing it up, Pete. Yeah, that's about as practical as you can get, is just, let's, let's be here. Let's be here to exhort one another, to encourage one another. Obviously, I'm preaching to the choir. You guys are here. Uh, uh, but yeah, how, how important that fellowship is. And sometimes you come here on a Wednesday night in the middle of the week, and it's a hard week. 
Uh, and boy, praise the Lord for friendly faces, some familiar hymns, scripture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that too, Pete. He said, sometimes when we're struggling, our tendency is to pull away from church. We don't want to see people. Um, I, I bet you a lot of us in this room can relate to that. Uh, it's like, I'm not feeling good. I'm not doing good. I don't want to see anybody right now. I'm just going to pull away. I'm a little weird. I am the opposite. My therapy is, let's talk for an hour. Like, that. That's just how I am. Like when people ask, what energizes you? A party, a phone call, sitting alone by yourself, whatever. My wife is like sitting alone by myself in a closet in the dark. No, uh, no, no kids. It energizes me. I'm like, what? Uh, for me, I can be blue. And then a one-hour phone call with a friend and I am flying high. Uh, talking energizes me. People energize me. And I, I want to pull in, but I recognize that a lot of people are not like that. How many of you are like me, like that? Like talking and people energize you? Am I, okay, hey, a couple other folks who are not you know, ashamed to say it. All right, thank you. Good. But the rest of you are probably more like, you guys are weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling away. Uh, but yeah, we need on a practical level, if we're going to keep ourselves in remembrance, sometimes we need, we need a Peter in our life who is going to be there for us, who says, hey, as long as I'm in this tabernacle, I'm going to be here to help you stay on track, do what you're supposed to do, keep moving for the Lord. We need a, we need a, a, a friend like Peter who will be there for us. So don't pull away. As hard as it is to come to church when you're not feeling it, I guess, uh, say, look, this is the right thing. I know it's right. I need to be reminded of some key truths that'll help set me free. I'm going to make this decision. And, you know, when you make the right decision, you, all, you never regret that. You always say, boy, I'm glad I went to church today. That was a blessing. Thank you, Pete, for pointing that out. Someone else? Yes, Kenya. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Isn't that cool that we have that ability today to just put headphones on and listen to the Bible while you're at work or whatever? I've thought to myself, generations upon generations of Christians couldn't do that. And I'm with you, Kenya. I do that all the time. Not all the time, but you know what I mean. Often, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't uh, do on my walk. That's a lot of times where I'll do it. I'm walking the dog, have my headphones on, listening to the scriptures, and it's such a help. Uh, sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes late at night. Uh, hey, we have these opportunities, and so let's take advantage of these opportunities to be put in remembrance. Excellent. So we've, we've talked about several things from music uh, to um, 
uh, to, to, to church attendance and just fellowshipping with people, having the right circle of friends, to listening to the Word of God, prioritizing your daily devotions, uh, your time in the Word. That's huge. Anything else before we go on? Yes. Good books. Sure. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you this. Um, as a preacher, you know, you preach every week. You can end up running dry on illustrations or thoughts. I mean, I got my kids, so I never run dry of illustrations, you know, right? Uh, but sometimes I have read a book and it just sparks a whole, a whole new thought. And man, it impacts several sermons and, and it just kind of will rejuvenate my, my preaching. Uh, and and it, yeah, if you don't read, there's a lot of stuff that it's in there somewhere, but you need it to be sparked. It needs to be brought to mind again. Yeah, read good books. Very good. Well, we've already alluded to the next one, so let me get to it. What from this passage should cause us to understand the importance of our responsibility to be reminders to each other? I think we all see from this passage the, the example of Peter kind of jumps off the page. That he says, I'm all about helping you stay laser-focused, stay on track, I'm just, while I'm in this tabernacle, you're going to hear from me always. I'm going to earnestly, I think one of his words was earnestly, uh, put you in remembrance. I will not be negligent or careless about this. I am going to be intentional. God's told me I'm going to be out of here soon. I'm going to be on the stick for you guys. Well, that example, I think we should have a takeaway from that. All right. What should that be? That was good for Peter, amen? Thanks, Peter. I think you know where we're going here, right? We need Peters today. I think sometimes <clears throat> you and I, we come to church, we fellowship with people, we become aware of needs. You look across the aisle and you see so-and-so, and you're like, wow, they're sad about something. Like something is weighing on them. I better just say something after, after church. And, hey, so-and-so, how you doing? And now they speak. Now you hear their voice, and their voice sounds sad. Okay, I'm seeing something here. Look sad, sound sad. And so what do I do? Well, I'll just walk away and pray for them. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to say. I don't want to make them mad. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I think sometimes we, we don't know what to say, and we get all awkward, and, and, and we, we just kind of move on. When maybe the, the Lord is saying, hey, no, maybe you can ask some questions and I can use you to put them in remembrance of some truth that they came to hear today. They just didn't know where it would come from. They need it. They need you. Hey, let's ask God to help us to be sensitive to be those individuals. Uh, not belligerent, not uh, getting in people's space, but being willing to be that faithful friend, spirit-led. And it may be a little past our comfort zone, uh, but it's very, very uh, worthwhile to do that. Any thoughts on that? How you can be a, a Peter, a reminder, someone to put 
others in remembrance and how we can do that effectively. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. Be real, connect with them, be willing to be open, a little vulnerable, be transparent so that there can be some good, honest communication going back and forth. And that also builds trust. If you're real with someone and even vulnerable with them, hey, I've dealt with this too. Here's a situation I had. Oh, you would share that with me? Okay, well, then I would trust you that I can share this with you and there can become a real a, a real um, connection there. Very good. Anything else on that? Concerning how we can be used to put one another in remembrance. You know, um, phone calls, text messages are great. We have Slack, uh, and I get a report just with like the uh, statistics. And every time I get a report, it, it has how much percentage of our messages come in what channels. And you know which channel has the most interactions by far every week? What? It's actually not. It is direct messages. People are direct messaging each other probably 20 to 1. Everything you see on the prayer requests and all of that chatter, and there's a lot of chatter on prayer requests and uh, uh, ABC family, and I love to see all this interaction. There's a ton of interaction going on in direct messages, and I'm encouraged by that. People are reaching out. People are connecting. Either that or a couple of teenagers are just sitting there all day and all night. Uh, we'll just, we'll, we'll think positive. It's, uh, it's, it's more than that, I trust. But I hear of people who are connecting, and that's a great way uh, to, to show that you're, that you're um, involved and, and, and a part of, 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 of a real body. Um, also, I would say this, you know, we so Pete mentioned church attendance, going back to that one. Uh, let me just say this. So if you come to church regularly or are very active, then if you are not here for a week, well, that's, that's abnormal because you're always here. And so, so, hey, I wonder where he is. Maybe I'll call him. Or maybe it's two weeks. Whoa, two weeks. I better call him. Maybe they're sick. I, maybe I missed something. But I'll tell you this. If your attendance is spotty to begin with, then no one knows what's going on. Does that make sense? Like, so they're here this month. Were they not here because they were sick? I don't know because they don't really come very often anyway. And so sometimes when you're, when you're just not as, as regular in the body, it does cause people to be less engaged with you and, and less understanding, uh, less, less um, maybe there's less willingness to just jump out and say, hey, were you sick? How were you? No, we weren't sick. We were fine. I was fishing. <laughs> you know? uh, and then it's a little awkward. So be, let's be faithful. Be plugged in. All right. A uh, couple things before we're done here. Um, I want to talk about being stirred up. He says, uh, that was the, the phrase that he used uh, he, to, to stir you up. 
what is that exactly? What is stirring up? Are we talking about you need to go to church for, you need to feel like you've been to church. You ever heard people say that? I feel like I've been to church today. Well, what if you don't? Like, did you get ripped off? Should you get your money back? <laughs> you know, what are we going for? And what is this stirring up? What are thoughts on that? Because there's a lot of ideas about this. Peter was concerned. He wanted to stir them up. Oh, where's the verse? I lost it. Um, 13, there it is. As long as I'm in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. So what was, he, what was he shooting for? What should we be shooting for? What is this? All right, well, let me help you a little. Okay, we're not, we're not looking for just some emotional experience. Not that we're against emotional uh, experiences. Not that that can't happen. That'd be great. Um, but there are things that we can do to manipulate a stirring up. Um, I could do a lot of things with the music that would be more emotionally stirring. I could uh, do things while I'm preaching. Um, as other preachers, and I'm not trying to be critical. I'm really not. Uh, you know, there are preachers who will preach with certain music um, backdrop while they're preaching, and that can add more of an emotional uh, push. I'm not saying it's wrong, okay? Um, I have not wanted to do that because I'm not just trying to hit the emotions. I'm trying to go deeper. I want the Lord to go deeper than that. I'm, I'm great with emotions and tears and, and joy and all of that. Uh, but sometimes I think what we're looking for is an experience. And when we think of being stirred up, we're thinking of being whipped up. Woo! You know, and uh, my dad used to go to a church down south. My family, we were down south quite a bit as a, as a kid. My mom is from the south. Dad pastored a church down south and now does again. But there was a church uh, where one of the members was known for when he got happy, when the Lord touched him, he would stand up, holler, head down the aisle, outside. The church had glass windows all the way around, and you'd see this guy. There he goes, flash, 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 flash. You know, <laughs> he would run around the whole church building. His nickname was Sunshine. And uh, he'd come back in, and, and sometimes Dad said he got so stirred up that, you know, the preacher had to say, oh, okay, Go easy there, sunshine. I'm trying to preach you. <laughs> you know? I, I, don't, I don't know where that guy was at with the Lord. I'm, I trust it was all good, legit stuff. But um, I hope if he was doing that, I hope that it lasted till Monday. I hope that there was some, some real victory, some real depth. I'm not against, if you want to run a lap around the building, that's up to you. Not against it. But we're, that's not the target. The target is much deeper than that. Yes. Thank you. 
Very good. Absolutely. So it's more than just a pep rally. Everybody come on, whoa, everybody in the huddle jumping and bouncing and then on three, fight, or whatever it is. You know, that's cool, that's fun, but... but yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So there is a difference between being whipped up and stirred up. When we're talking about being stirred up, we're talking about rekindling the fire, adding fuel to it. The analogy Val gave is, let's fix the wound. Let's wrap the leg. You know, let's, let's give you what you need. Take your Gatorade. Uh, uh, here, here, here's a power bar or whatever. Uh, get some electrolytes. Uh, let's give you the fuel and the, the stuff that you need to be able to really go make an impact. If it's just frenzy, as quick as it comes, it can go just as fast. And so uh, Peter, I, I don't believe, is just trying to whip them up. He's wanting to stir them up by feeding the fire by get, putting fuel on the fire, by basically giving them something that will help with longevity. When you think of feeding a fire and fuel for a fire, that is helping you with longevity. Um, and I, I think even like being whipped up, if you want to take the fire illustration, uh, the wind can blow and, the, and it'll whip up for a minute. And as soon as that wind stops, it, it's done that fast. Put a log, and it's going to burn for a while. Uh, I believe Peter was, was, try, he was aiming for depth. When he's talking about putting you in remembrance, he's not just saying, I want you to feel like you came to church today. I want to whip you up into a frenzy. Uh, what I think is, is sad, and again, I'm not against feeling good when you leave church. I hope you felt good this morning. I hope you felt encouraged. I hope you felt fed. I hope you felt uh, excited to be a Christian, right? And maybe you shed a tear. Maybe you, you laughed. That's all good. Uh, but if it doesn't last till Monday morning, then maybe we need to, to go deeper. Um, also, uh, if, if, it's such, if, if it's such that you walk out and everyone's slapping fives and everything and someone says, wow, so yeah, good service. Great service. Oh, wow. Well, tell me about it. Uh, uh, you had to have been there. <laughs> you had to have been there. It was, it was just a spirit in the room. I can't explain it. Well, I think it probably should be able to be explained biblically what happened, what is God doing, what word was preached, what was the impact, and so forth. So um, it's not a point that we, that we really dealt with this morning, but a lot of times I circle back to those points that I don't want to get off on in the morning. We'll do it in the evening. We need to be stirred up but not just whipped up. And being put in remembrance is, is laying logs on the fire, giving you more fuel to burn for the Lord. Other thoughts on that? Questions? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. And there have been times that like, I do a, a campfire at my place all the time, uh, especially in the fall. We're always burning leaves or burning branches or something. And sometimes you don't even have to put a new log on. I just take my shovel and just mix it up. You know, you guys got stagnant. So let's mix you up a little bit. Go talk to somebody else. <laughs> you know, you, you just move it around and whoosh, off it goes again. And so it is in the Christian life as well with us. Uh, being engaged in one another's life and, and letting God move us around. Um, uh, sometimes God stirs it up in other ways that we don't even like, but it can be a good thing. So stirring up versus whipping up. Um, last thing, and we'll be done. I mentioned this morning that though this is not a missions message, we're in missions month. And there is kind of a, an application that can be drawn. Um, and, and so uh, the question is, how does missions month serve to put us in remembrance concerning the truths about the world, about the gospel and so forth? Why is it important for us to have an emphasis like this? I think that is a, a obvious, uh, obvious answer. You know, we Americans live great, free, happy lives by and large. We have health problems. We, we have issues. We have financial problems and so forth. But by and large, the wars are someplace else on someone else's soil. You know, here is still relatively safe and so forth. And just the way we are, folks, if we don't have intentional reminders of what's going on someplace else, we just will not be stirred to meet those needs. And so while it may seem to be excessive to have a whole month dedicated to missions, I think when you look at how much missions is on Jesus' heart, it's totally fitting to take a month and say, we're going to look past our four walls and by the grace of God, we're going to look out and ask him to give us his heart for the harvest. I'm just curious, does anyone have something that God has helped you with this missions month? Something from the Gilmores, the Sigmas, the Risingers, anything that God has helped you with concerning your perspective on missions? Anything you want to share on that, being put in remembrance concerning the truth about the Great Commission for the world? While you're thinking, because I know this is a, I'm hitting you cold, I'll share um, every time I see a young family, like the Risingers, for instance, just getting ready to go pack up with a little kid and go to a third world country. I'm just like, wow, how do you do that? Interesting thing, though, when I was in evangelism, I had my wife and Samuel, and then Aaron came along two years later, and then Joel came about two years later after that. People would come to us all the time with the same expression. You live in that? They'd point at my trailer. All the time? You don't have a house? You don't park this at a house? No, that's the house. Where's home? It's my church's parking lot. They gave me one piece of asphalt. That is home sweet home. You know, I, I pull in there, got my own sewer to dump in, and I have my own electricity to plug into and water. It's, ah, it's great. Love it. But I would have people all the time just look at me like, you poor thing, your poor wife, your poor kids. And they would obviously be, like, I could see their, their wheels were just turning. And I'd think, don't feel sorry for me. I feel sorry for you. 
You're stuck in one place, yeah, working the same job. I'm going all over the country, man. This is great. I wouldn't trade places with you. And now I look at like the rising years and others coming through and I'm going, oh man, look at what they're doing. But you know what their perspective is? I wouldn't want to stay here. I'm going overseas, man. This is great. We have our plans. We have our five-year plan, our 10-year plan, and where we want our kids to go to college and all this stuff. And these missionaries just have a totally different God-given perspective. And it's refreshing. And it's good for us. Did I see a hand? Was it? Oh, Cindy. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's what Paul said. Yeah. I, you know, I, that theme came up at the house. We had the Gilmores over to our house. We uh, uh, ate together. And uh, one, of the, one of the kids said, uh, yeah, there, there's hostility over there uh, here in different places, you know. And they said, yeah, it's, it's possible that we might not all come back. We've talked about it. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's a good thing to talk about, <laughs> I guess. But uh, yeah, praise God for the commitment. It was just refreshing to me to see how when God calls you, that there's excitement, there's commitment, and they weren't like, man, pray for us. We've forsaken all to follow him. Y'all have fun. You know, no, it was, we're going and we can't wait to get there. Help us to get there tomorrow, you know? And I hope that we also can be just that excited about what God is doing in our lives, in our church, in our ministries, and that we'll have just as real of a vision from the Lord for what he wants us to do. Otherwise, folks, I'm telling you, you know, they say in any business, I don't know what it is, like 10% of the people or 5% of the people, do 90% of the work or something like that. And they say the same thing for churches. And they say the same thing for even like sports teams. It's a few people who pull that team to the championship. And then you got the subs and all that that fill in the cracks. So it is with missions. There's a very few who go over there. There's a lot of us who stay behind. What if us who stayed behind were just as dedicated here? What if we were just as locked in to our calling, our mission, our field, and, and saw ourselves as missionaries, boy, that would change things. Oh, we need to pray, God, give me the same passion that you've given to these that you're sending to the other side of the world. We need reminders like Missions Month to keep the need before us. By the way, Speaking of being put in remembrance, if you really need to be put in remembrance, we're out of time here, I want to encourage you to go on a missions trip that will open your eyes. Uh, how many of you have been on a missions trip? Just, yep, okay, several, many of you have been on a missions trip. It is, it is eye-opening. You see things you never knew about. You, you, you see people living in ways that you didn't think was possible. And it helps you to be thankful and it helps you to see really the responsibility that we have with all that we've been given to be uh, committed to helping missions however we can. There are ways we can do it. We can pray. We can give. I talked this morning about Faith Promise Missions. 
Uh, we can go on short-term missions trips. So we can go on long-term missions trips. Um, uh, if you would like to talk about missions trips, come see me. Pastor Drew uh, is planning to go on a missions trip this summer, I think it is. And uh, potentially, maybe you could, maybe we could get a group that goes with Drew. Um, but things are opening back up since COVID locked everything down. There are opportunities. Uh, but I pray that we will keep those things in remembrance. All right, good discussion here tonight. Uh, we will have um, the, uh, the time with Pastor King uh, next week. It is next week, right? Yeah, next week. Next week is Pastor King. And in this hour will be our international dinner. Uh, so we'll meet down there. I'm looking forward to that greatly. Let's have a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this time of discussion and encouragement and opportunity to put one another in remembrance. Lord, we pray that we would not be uh, uh, hearers only rather than doers of the word. Help us not to be forgetful hearers. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be surrendered to be missionaries here and to do all that we can for missions both at home and abroad. Lord, pray for a good week, a week of, of remembering, a week of being purposeful, a week of uh, victory. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, folks.